This episode will contain spoilers for The Mandalorian Season 2. If you haven't seen The Mandalorian, watch it first, because we love you, and we don't want to spoil it. Ah, yes, that music can only mean one thing. Rants and raves, Star Wars time. Woohoo! It's been far Get too out, long. Richard. You're not. You are not welcome here. This is this is our space. This is me and Kent's t- personal time together. Get out of here, buddy. We've read the emails. We hear you. <laughs> we made it happen. Here we are. Yeah. Um. Man, you know, Brian, it it, it feels like, you know, about a year ago. Now we were last doing something very similar to this. For our Star Wars oh, post game yeah. show for the rise of Skywalker, we actually had a really good time, and it was it's fond memories. I, I have nothing but fond memories of all the all the Star Wars conversations we've had on the podcast. Honestly, so you know I, I can't speak for you know I don't know the current state of Star Wars amongst the, uh, the fan base or what whatever, but. On this show, I would say the, the state of Star Wars is is very very high. Yeah, dude, we were uh, we were out last night, uh, my Lindsay and I with with Coop, and um, that's what I said to him. I was like, man, this time last year we were we were at a Star Wars movie, so this is this is pretty cool. And then we got to go home and watch watch the show. And I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I know there's I know there's still plenty of angst. Um, some that is, I think justified and and a lot of it that is not but it is what it is and so i'll just speak for myself and i know you're kind of with me kent like i love what we're doing so i'm I'm happy I'm, I'm pretty enthused by by everything that's going on and then this show is really getting to watch this thing week by week has been has been fantastic i kind of am glad that this is not a not a binge because that doesn't work for a lot of shows anymore but this one i don't know dude there's something about the you know, every Friday evening, uh, me and Cooper are going to sit down and watch watch this show together, and it's I don't know I, I I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. But yeah, dude, Star Wars is good. I'm 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 happy. I think we're in good hands at the moment. I'm with you, man. I have nothing but positivity towards what what they got going on right now. Um, you know, do I think they could have done things differently? Sure. Do they right. think they could have done things differently? Sure. But you can't mm-hmm, change that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, they're <laughs> Disney was given, not given, but, uh, you know, acquired this property, um, a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably yeah. a more popular property than anything they had, <laughs> you know, as big as Disney is and was yeah. at the time. Um, Star Wars is, is a machine like, like no other. And mm-hmm. there is a, you know, no pun intended, a force behind the scenes that drives <laughs> yeah. the the train, you know, and mm-hmm. they can't control it. All they can do is is do the best they can. And you yeah, know, like I no, said, no they wish they probably could have and should have done things differently at the outset? Probably. But mm-hmm. here we are. Um, yeah. It's 2020. It's been five years since the first movie came out from Disney. Crazy. I think they've had – time to reflect, figure things out, 
fire people that they don't want around, um, mm-hmm. get the fan response, all that kind of stuff. Let's just say the testing period is over, right? The, uh, sure. the, the sample size has been acquired. <laughs> so from here yeah. on out, I yeah. think, I, I think there might be no excuse for them to kind of mess it up from here, but all that to mm-hmm. say, um, you know, I think they hit the ground running with the Mandalorian last, last year, um, prior to sure. Rise of Skywalker dropping, and mm-hmm. they they certainly continued that in 2020, which is unbelievable considering the circumstance and all that. And we let's just talk a little yeah. bit about about the show in general and and kind of how it's it's produced and all that because we wouldn't be seeing this this year if not for the way that they produce this show. With the mm-hmm. you know, I, I encourage everyone listening to this to go. If you don't already know, to go look up, uh, you know, virtual sets or it's called the volume, they call it, um, which is basically this 360 degree LED screen, you know, that they put backgrounds on. They can change the lighting, planets, all that kind of stuff and, and basically shoot inside on one soundstage. All these locations that they would have to go to or build sets otherwise, you know. So mm-hmm. in a time like COVID-19 where – you're restricted to be indoors. You're restricted to limited people around. This was perfect. You know, they're like, so all these, you know, variety and everybody's calling them during COVID. It's like, oh, uh, what, what, what's going to happen with men? Warren, are you going to be able to, they're like, yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah. What? Yeah. We're, we're right on schedule. Everything's fine. You know, cause they, they kind of, I don't know. I can't say they expected this, but they're looking ahead to like, what's the easiest way we can make these shows happen. And mm-hmm. I think one of the bigger aspects of, of what they announced at Investor Day, and I encourage our listeners again to go listen to our Investor Day episode where we talk about all the Star Wars announcements that they made for the future and all that. But what we didn't talk about was the fact that they built, they said, two or three more volumes. They're building one in Australia. They're building one in London and maybe one more in the United States where, I mean, think about the amount of Star Wars that they can have simultaneously being filmed all around the world, you know, right. five, right. four or five different shows <laughs> all being filmed on these. They're going to need it. Sounds, dude. These stages where, shows I mean, coming. Yeah. I don't know about you, but <laughs> the way that they've shot the Mandalorian and the way it's assembled, it's indistinguishable from <laughs> reality on a lot of the like practical, practical mm-hmm. sets. I yeah. mean, you can obviously they're CG creatures and that can't be really duplicated. Mm-hmm very easily but like i can't ever tell when they're on a sound stage or where they're in a desert or they're on a ship it's unbelievable the yeah and i'm sure the bottom line for them on this they're like holy crap we did this so cheap are you kidding me Mm -hmm. like they're just like fist pumping behind the scenes like oh my god we didn't have to fly to tunisia to shoot on Tatooine (laughs) this time you know like all that kind of stuff right is unbelievable not to mention the show is awesome <laughs> like i'm with you man yeah just at the outset man i'm with you i loved i love the week by week thing on this i'm but you know i'm i'm on that loves a binge my my uh father-in-law mm-hmm. him and i really bond over star wars he's a big star wars guy we went and saw rise of skywalker together and mm-hmm. he wouldn't watch the mandalorian until it was done He's like, all right, just tell me when the season's <laughs> yeah, over and I'll sure. just binge it all in, in a day So because he hates uh-huh. having to wait and figure it, find out what happens and all that. So he prefers that. But I'm with you, right. man. My routine since you know, around Thanksgiving was every Friday morning, <laughs> take my dog out, make my coffee and watch, watch Mandalorian, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 8 a.m. You know, that was, uh, yeah. that was it. I loved it. Put on my headphones. 
great experience, even in the home home theater situation. Mm-hmm. I, I think the show is groundbreaking for a lot of reasons, but maybe one is like what you can do <laughs> in terms of scale in a universe as big as Star Wars on a small screen mm-hmm. on TV. Like, you know, when they announced this show and, and oh, we're going to do Star Wars live action TV, I thought they would it would be so much more basic, you know? <laughs> Didn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not think that they would have the level of like, I don't know, action scenes, production, mm-hmm. the TIE fighter fights, all the stuff is like as good, if not better than the stuff you see right. on film. And I did not expect yeah. that at all. Yeah, every once in a while there'll be a th- something that they do, and I'm sure we'll talk about the the finale <laughs> with with some of the effects and whatnot. Every once in a while, there's a thing that you're like, "Oh, that would probably," I would guess that that would have a little bit more budget and would look a little better if this was a movie rather than a TV show. Um, and the you know the the compressed time of getting eight episodes done instead of one movie or whatever. So, but, but it's, those are few and far between. Cause you're totally right. Most of the time you're just like, Holy crap, this looks so good all the time. I think the other thing they did really well, one of the, one of the smarter decisions in all this with, with Favreau and Filoni, um, is that they made this an action. They made this a TV show instead of maybe this sounds like a really dumb compliment, but I, in the peak TV era, there are so many shows that now I can't remember who said it anymore because it's been it's been overused so many times. But like the the concept that you're making, well, we're not making we're not making a a, a ten episode TV show. We're making a, a ten hour movie or whatever. Um, I think is played out pretty pretty well. <laughs> like I'm kind of tired of that bit. I I really I think it was a really smart decision to make this show. Yeah, it's a sure, like it's an eight hour story over the course of, of, of the series, but every episode is very standalone in and of itself for the yeah. most part. And it, fe- it, it, it has the beats of a TV show. And yep. I think that is kind of, I think that's important to, to the longstanding run for the, the legacy of this thing, whether it runs for, you know, six seasons or, or 20 seasons or, or whatever. And, all of the shows that come along after, which again, you, you mentioned we did the investor day thing, uh, last week and there's, there's like 11 more shows coming. Some of them are live action. Some of them are cart are, are animated or whatever, but still there's at least five shows that we know of that are, they're going to be live action. And I think it was really important to set the tone for all those shows and that, that, that branch of the star Wars universe the right way. And I, I don't know. I just, I greatly appreciate yeah, like episode seven and episode eight kind of ran together because it's uh, it, it's a similar uh, uh, end game for the storyline. You know, we're trying. I'm not going to spoil it at this point. Although, again, you, you mentioned we're going to be spoiler heavy. If you haven't, my, again, I'll say it again. If you haven't watched The yeah. Mandalorian season one and two, don't mm-hmm. listen to this because don't, don't I want the freedom, anymore. Brian, to talk about <laughs> yeah, exactly. whatever without exactly. spoiling it. So I, yeah, I, I mean, I'll. I'll Say that totally once more, but say whatever yeah. you need to say, man. Last one, but like the the whole the concept of we're trying to to recover uh, Grogu from from his his kidnappers and whatnot. I mean that kind of ran together, but for the most part, those eight episodes you could just pop one on and watch it and not have seen okay, the episode you meant or, or eight, not seven and not, eight of this season. Not chapter yeah, 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 seven yeah, and eight. exactly. Okay. Sorry, okay. sorry. I thought clear. you meant the end yeah. of season one. That's why. I said, no, I got you. The last two episodes of this season kind of gotcha. a little bit run together because the end game is the same. But for the most part, you could put on 
season two, episode four, mm. um, without having watched episode three directly before it and be like, yeah, this rules, man. Like it's just, it just has the TV beats. And I, I really, I greatly appreciate that. And I, I think that's a key part to the long-term success of this thing. I totally agree, man. I totally agree. I, I don't know if it was serious, but I saw a tweet uh, earlier this morning, actually, that said, I just realized that this is the way is John Favreau, um, John Favreau's message to J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow, that could be true. (laughs) Like, this is how you do Star Wars. You know, this is the way. Um, But it's probably not. Um, I I just thought that was very funny and a a funny Mm -hmm. way to look at it. Um, That's what I say whenever I'm driving in my car. And I'm listening to fastball, and somebody asks, "What is this song?" I say, "This is the uh-huh. way." Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh yeah, right. it's the only yeah, one. Yeah, this is the way. Um, so and let's just get into season two here, Brian. Um, we can we can refer to season one if needed, but I think everyone knows knows what happens in season one. Uh, they follow the template of season one, I think, to a certain degree mm-hmm. here with with mm-hmm. the reveals at certain times and. Oh, we're going to put a, a heist episode at this place. Oh, this is going to be a big, um, I don't know, third third act uh, uh, conflict. That's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. So there's sure. a lot of those same beats. You're right. It does play out like a TV show, like a typical season of a TV show. I, I, I like that. I appreciate that. So season one really kind of wrapped up is, okay, we're introduced to Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu. Right. In episode mm-hmm. one, um, the season kind of goes along at a good pace. We're introduced to a lot of fun characters along the way. And then at, at the end, here's Moff Gideon and the black dark saber. Really? That's season mm-hmm. one, right? <laughs> that's the yeah. reveal. That's, mm-hmm. that's like, Oh my God. You know, season two, they really double down on <laughs> like reveals. Yeah. People were bringing back, um, characters you've never seen, um, holy crap, I didn't expect that. And cliffhanger at the end, you know? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really, uh, I don't know how to feel about that. Is if they're just like in effort mode where they're just like, all right, <laughs> everything's on the table. Everyone likes this show. Let's just do it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I thought for the most part that the characters that they brought back really uh, complimented the story well. They didn't overuse them, um, with the exception of maybe one. Um, we'll talk about that here in a second. But let's start with episode one of the season, chapter nine, the Marshal. Uh, now we have the Mando on back on Tatooine. By the way, Brian, how do you feel about them always going back to Tatooine? Like, is there no other location? I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the, in the galaxy. Yeah, yeah I know. Bar. It is funny. Totally. Like I mean, only- it is funny. It, it's this, you know, it's such a dinky planet and, and, but so much of it revolves around, but that's fine because I will say, I think it works in this, this story because it's kind of like a Western town. Yeah. It's got the way that's exactly right. Like it has the Western feel to it. And that's, I mean, that's all the show is, is like a, an old fashioned Western, um, set in space, which I, I mean, I love and, and I think it's a really, we don't do Western TV shows anymore, um, and maybe for a good reason. But but this anyway, I, I love I love the tropes of a Western, 
And this one does it really well. But it, it, it kind of fits the Mandalorian, right? Because it's, it's as a bounty hunter, you, you probably would be operating on, on dinky planets that are sort of outside the, the, uh, you know, the center of the systems. And also, like so I feel like makes sense. Tatooine, maybe especially Moss Eisley is mm-hmm. a kind of like the Las Vegas of the galaxy yeah, sure, where sure. You're, if or you're going to go do Reno. some shady yeah. stuff, you're going to go there, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and that's I, where he yeah. goes to hang out to find shady people that he's looking right. for. Right. But I think too, the Tatooine bit, um, sir, like, I, I think that's kind of a microcosm of a lot of what happens. I think they do a great job. I'm, and yeah, is some of this fan service? Yeah, totally. Well, that's the, again, Richard always says, but yeah, that's the point. Like we're, the point is to get fans to watch the show or the movie or whatever. So it's fine. But, um, I think they do a great job of leaving you sort of like, sort of like star Wars breadcrumbs, you know, like giving you little hints of familiarity. And sometimes it's obviously it's much more of, uh, like a whole loaf of bread rather than a breadcrumb. But, but a lot of times I, I so I kind of like that. It's like a little, a little waypoint. Of oh it's on Tatooine so this is familiar and so what comes along with Tatooine all right sand people and and all these sorts of things it just gives you a sort of a um, maybe a centering type thing whenever you're when especially when you're exploring a universe that is quite wide and there are a lot of new characters that are being introduced to this like I know that it's good f- that that kind of thing is helpful probably for my wife who's not a who likes Star Wars but isn't like a huge Star Wars nerd? But mm-hmm. we watch, we sit down to watch this show together, the three of us, and you know that's that's it starts with with Episode One and it's going to be on Tatooine and she's like, okay, like I I kind of have an, a feel for for where this is or what this is going to be, and I think that's that's important for the 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 casual viewer over the you know the the us the nerds like us. I think so too, and. We're introduced to a character in this, Cobb Vanth, a.k.a. Timothy Oliphant, who shows up on Tatooine wearing the <laughs> Boba Fett armor. That was a really cool reveal. He kind of comes into the yeah. bar like a like an old outlaw, you know, wearing the armor. Um, Oliphant's so awesome, man. Oliphant is great in this universe. <laughs> it's this this I, thing's so great. Oh, yeah, oh. and there's, there's kind of that duel between the two. Um the rocket firing Boba Fett moment in that episode is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wished Brian, we would have gotten maybe another half episode with Cobb Vanth as, as Boba mm-hmm. Fett, mm-hmm. you know, like I would have liked to see him yeah. kind of go, go out with Mando f- on to somewhere, you know, and try to like mm-hmm. fit in, but not really fit in. Um, I feel like that, that was a character I really liked and wanted to see again. Maybe we will yeah. down the road, sure. but it was like, I kind of thought they would really bring back cool. at the end and this, it just was like season. maybe 15 minutes, you know, uh-huh. of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. He's, he, Oliphant is so great. And he, he does the, I mean, the, the he does the justified thing so well, justified one of my favorite shows. And he, he embodied the, the main character on that incredibly. And that's basically what he was doing in this. I mean, he was just. I'm sure it took absolutely no work for him whatsoever. He just showed up and they're like, Hey, we just, we want, we want you to play uh Raylan Givens basically, but like in space. Okay, cool. Got it. No problem. Like he's just, he, he's gotta, it's gotta be pretty easy to, to fall into that role for him. He's, he's fantastic. But that, and it was a really cool 
I love the storyline with like how he got the the armor and what he's done with it and stuff and mm-hmm. then the whole aspect of of trying to take down the crate dragon and working with the God, with the Tusken Raiders sequence and stuff was incredible. Really cool, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean they 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 sewed up so much there. Like, what happens to the, to the Sarlacc? Oh, the great dragon. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, mm-hmm. how do we get the great dragon? Oh, the Tusken Raider. You know, there's all these little threads that are interwoven here mm-hmm. and connected, and it really does. I mean, you're talking about 40 minutes of TV here. I <laughs> think they really do a, a good job of. I don't know, 30 plus years of speculation is kind of all wrapped up in, into 30 minutes here of mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. happened, yeah, how, sure. why. Um, and then, okay, you know, the, the, the reveal at the end of episode one of this, of this, the show, season one was Baby Yoda. Oh, oh, Baby Yoda. <laughs> and then here it's, mm-hmm. oh, 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 Boba Fett is back. You know, you see him when the Tusken Raider right. kind of gear with the Tusken Raider staff and walking away and like I'm getting mm-hmm. my armor back I'll be back and was uh, that instant recognition for you when, it was when, because when I popped up were you like yeah hey, because Tamara Morrison is you know Django and the clones and all that like his face is so interwoven mm-hmm. with Star Wars if it was somebody else and they were trying to say that was Boba Fett I I don't know if I would have bought it, but like I immediately was like, okay, yeah, they're bringing it back. Especially what they did with the armor and having it all scarred up and somebody's going to come looking for this and all that. Um, it seemed obvious to me, especially Brian, maybe we'll get to this later, but at the outset of the season, we're like, oh, there's not going to be a Boba Fett show. So if, if they <laughs> if they use Boba Fett in this, then that'll be what they do. You know, I didn't think mm-hmm. it was out of the, I didn't, it's not, it's not like them bringing, I don't know a different character, like Kylo Ren into this. I'd be like, they would never do that. You know, <laughs> something mm-hmm. like that. Sure. Um, so we go to chapter 10, the passenger, and this is the, I guess it's known as the Grogu baby Yoda frog eating episode or egg eating episode. <laughs> um, there was a lot of controversy around this when it, when it initially came oh out. Gosh. And this was something that I thought was going to be wrapped up later in the season. Maybe it will later in this series. I don't know. But like, I still don't know what that was about. Like why the frogs were eaten, if it was for protection or if baby Yoda just ate some, some actual babies. And I don't know what that was about, but it was fun, entertaining. I liked the episode. A lot of Razor Crest action here. Um, mm-hmm. Some X-Wings Gosh, here. The Razor Crest is so cool, dude. Gosh, it's a, really it's a cool, cool ship. ship. Yeah, it Ugh. is. Man. It is. Um, so good, so good. Yeah, th- this this episode was uh, this was I, the I spider this was one, one right? of the yeah yeah. This is one of the few that I didn't get to watch on Friday night. I had to wait. It was like Saturday night because I think it was Tobin, uh, my my co host from from uh, Spread the Floor, the ba- my, our basketball podcast that that he was like, uh, hey, have you have you seen the episode? I was like, no, not yet. We just you know whatever. We didn't get time last night, and he was like, well. Good luck sleeping because he yeah. knows how I hate spiders. And I was like, oh no, what's that mean? And then, and then, you know, we're sitting there. What? And you and I have seen so many sci fi movies and TV shows at this point. As soon as you see those pods out there, I, I, at least for me, I was like, well, there's definitely some kind of creepy creeper coming out of that thing when this is all. And of course, three minutes later, but it was really, I'll tell you what, it was, it was pretty funny watching, 
um, my, my kid, you know, my seven year old as that was unfolding. Cause he's never seen alien or, or any Ridley Scott movie. Like he doesn't know what, what was about to happen there. And I, I sure did. And as soon as it starts opening, he's just like, you know, his eyes are getting big and he's like, he's pretty creeped out by the whole thing. But that was a great sequence and really very effective. I think on, on creature design and whatnot. I, I think so as well. Peyton Reed brought in to direct this episode. Of course, we know Peyton Reed from mm-hmm. Ant-Man. And it's funny, yeah, that like who can do a big insect sequence? Call it Peyton Reed, you know. See if he, see if he can uh, <laughs> right. give us some guidance here typecast, on how to, yeah. how to do this. Uh, perfect. Perfect, right. yeah. Um, the, the episode also written by John Favreau. John Favreau wrote six of the eight episodes of the season and directed multiple as well. Uh, in terms of those creatures, Brian, the spiders were actually a Ralph McQuarrie design from Dagobah. Oh, okay. Okay. In the okay. original Sweet. concept drawn for Dagobah, and it was just too intense for what they could do with Dagobah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. here they are. Yeah, bring it back. Uh, That's you know, awesome. you saw you see Very a lot cool. of that now with a lot of these old Ralph McQuarrie concept arts that you know he did with george lucas back in the day that they couldn't do you know we saw it in rise of skywalker the the throne of of um of palpatine you know the mm-hmm. big old jagged throne was an original design by him too and it was just like it's just too intense for for this movie you yeah. know so he ends up sitting on that small right. chair the death star or whatever um mm-hmm. and so yeah that that was cool to me to to be able to actually do some of the stuff and people are like spiders that's not star wars well actually it is because it's like the guy who thought of star wars mm. thought of it uh and so you know it fits into this universe uh really well and and you saw them do some of that stuff in season one as well bring bring some of those mm-hmm. original designs into into existence through cg and stuff and again you can do a lot more now with with money than you could back right, in, the day right. <laughs> in terms of what you put up <laughs> turns out um so now we go to episode three of the season the heiress directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Isn't it weird that Bryce Dallas Howard has better Star Wars stuff than her dad who directed a feature length <laughs> film and for Star Wars? Like she's good, man. Yeah, she's got a good, she's got eye. a cool, uh, good I'm, eye. I'm very, I like that. Her. They bring her in for the episodes that have strong female voices too. And they, that they mm-hmm, feel for sure. they really need a female behind the camera, uh, mm-hmm. a woman voice, somebody who, <laughs> you know, can understand what, what, we're trying to portray here. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, they've, they've sure. done that a lot throughout this, the season and series. They've, they've really diversified the, the directors and that's awesome. They don't just stick with, mm-hmm. with one name yeah. throughout this. Uh, but this is For the sure. episode where we get Bo-Katan, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I thought we were going to get Sabine. I thought we, there, there was a rumor oh, God, I going wish. around that, that Sasha Banks was going to play Sabine. And I was pretty. I I I straight up lied to Cooper. I ultimately lied to Cooper and was like, "Yeah, this is gonna, that's Sabine." And then that's totally not not who it was. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the the introduction of Bo Katan instead. And um, Katie Sackhoff is is always really good in these kind of roles. Like, I mean, just since Battlestar Galactica, she's sort of become the go to for for these kind of characters. But she's really good at it. So I, I thought it. I thought it was. And that whole. I mean, as soon as we knew, as soon as you see the end of season one, um, with with the dark saber and whatnot, you know, okay, they're they're gonna definitely do some interesting stuff with that. 
But uh, but bringing Bo-Katan out of the, the Clone Wars stuff into this was an interesting choice and will make for... I think we'll obviously, having seen the, the, the final episode of this season, is going to make for some really cool stuff down the line. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely see how it goes. But she's great. She's really good in that, in that role and, um, and all the stuff that she does like that. She's maybe a little typecast, but that's fine. If you're really good at it, then you can be typecast as that, you know? Absolutely, man. I, I'm surprised that one didn't get out, but they basically made the announcement of Ahsoka Tano being in this because I feel Mm -hmm. like that would have been the bigger, we have to keep this a secret thing than, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan, uh, Katie Sackhoff. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's my opinion. Maybe they were just trying to get people hyped. And at the end of this, uh, that's a really fun episode, by the way. It's kind of a, a, uh, I don't know one of the, what I talked about earlier, like those standalone heist episodes. It's kind of like this, this and the next episode mm-hmm. are very, very similar. And I liked the little, Brian, can you shed some light on Bo-Katan's little triumvirate of Mandalores that she travels with. What is that about, you know, who's Sasha into banks ends up being a part of in this, in the show. I didn't understand that. Is it like a, are they really Mandalorians? Are they like a galactic federation of cops? Like what, what is she about? So what they introduced there that I really dug. And now again, I'm sure I'll get, I may get some of this stuff wrong. I'm not a, you and I are kind of on the same page of I love Star Wars. Obviously, I love Star Wars movies and TV shows and stuff. I'm not uh, number one, big time, especially in a post Last Jedi world. I'm big time not uh, fan theory, fan forum post guy at all. Like I just I I'm I don't have time for that stuff. But I don't know a lot of the the canon that comes out of non movies and and then some of the TV stuff as well. But anyway, um, what I really dug about what they introduced there is the concept that, that the Mandalorian himself is sort of a, maybe unknowingly, but he's sort of a zealot that the, that the, uh, Oh, what's it called? The covert that he's with is much more traditional and orthodox than other Mandalorian groups are. Um, with, and you get that with the whole, like you, well, you're not really a Mandalorian because you took your helmet off and she's like, kind of sneers at him. Like you're an idiot. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not what we all do. And he was he? like, just there was no human that. there. It was the robot that he mm-hmm. took it off in front of. Remember? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I thought that was a really interesting concept to play out that, that our guy is, uh, the droid, he I doesn't say know robot. It, I'm going to get emails. Droid. Right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get <laughs> we get droid emails. Um They're called droids. <laughs> An episode of Mandalorian. You guy you called it a robot. It's not a robot. It's a droid. There's um, a distinct difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> robots are yeah, we're done. Fine. We're done. We don't we get it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh but yeah, like I I, I think so Bo Katan, obviously if you watch Clone Wars, um she's a huge part of the the resist the, or the the um the clash between the Mandalorian and the Jedi, and uh, she's she's supposed to be at one point she held the dark saber, and when you have obviously we find out at the end in, in case for whoever didn't know he Moff Gideon puts it out there pretty clearly at the end of uh, of the last episode uh, 
whoever has the dark saber is is the leader of of Mandalore and whatever's left of the Mandalorians. Uh, and so she held it at one point and, and she lost it. And so now that's her whole bit is she's trying to regain the, the dark saber so that she can be, she can regain her, her, what she considers at least to be her rightful place as, as the, uh, the ruler of, of Mandalore and try to reunify Mandalore. I gotcha. And so I don't know. I don't know a lot about uh, the one. The, the Sasha Banks plays. Um, I think her name's Koska Reeves, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if she has popped up in other areas of of uh, like Clone Wars or. or whatever, I didn't or think not. she did. I thought that was a new character. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. Please, you you know more about the Clone Wars stuff than I do. So if you don't I'm recognize pulling her, it up then, now, but I don't remember. But again, it's. Stuff that happens in Clone Wars does not stick with me nearly as much as what what happened in, uh, you know, the movies or whatever. You know, it would be cool to see here, and I know I know Star Wars fans might hate it. Would be what's her name from <laughs> Rise of Skywalker? The um, Carrie Russell's character in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, uh, Zori, Zori, Zori Bliss. Zori Zori Bliss. Like yeah, I was, I was thinking a wrestler sure. name, but I was like, it's not Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss. I was, I was thinking <laughs> Zori Bliss. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, that'd be. Cool. She's a cool yeah. character. I would like. To, she would fit mm-hmm. really well in this on this show. I sure, think that would be yeah. really fun to see her and Mando uh, interact. But uh, that's a that's a cool episode. So the end of that episode basically leads to the next one, where she says, "Okay, you need to take Grogu to a Jedi, right?" Because He's a Jedi. The Jedi will know him or know what to do with him. So the Jedi that I know is Ahsoka Tano. Here's where you can find her. Go find her. Okay. Mm-hmm. See ya. Thanks. So the next episode might be my favorite one of the of the season, the Siege. And this is a the 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 real heist episode, uh, directed by Carl Weathers, Man. where Mando meets back up with Cara Dune and Grief Karga, aka Carl Weathers and Gina Carano, and they basically find out, um, you know, about the child's blood, all that, all that kind of stuff. But we get this awesome, awesome sequence at the end of this episode where they escape and they're being chased by speeder bikes and TIE fighters. And it is so cool, man. Like I do the, the speeder the bike arc, sequences, the sequences, oh, the speeder bike man. sequence in, in return Ooh. of the Jedi might be my favorite star Wars thing mm-hmm. moment. The, the, it's yeah. the first the first movie I ever saw from Star Wars and when I was a child was Return of the Jedi and that was the one right. thing in there I was like oh my god that was the coolest thing mm-hmm. and this might be better than that like it is yeah. it's unbelievable I just thought it was awesome and <laughs> that whole last 10 minutes you're just like ah! you know? <laughs> it's like the yeah. the yeah. the peak of what you want Star Wars to be I in my opinion well, and bringing in the TIE fighters to chase them down the canyon yes. and then, and then the razor crest coming in at the end of that. I mean, and, the, and when, when, so you know, good looking. the, the always, you always want to feel like the, the rebellion is outnumbered and can't possibly escape this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. always how they felt in, in the original trilogy and lesser so in the prequel trilogy, but certainly in the original trilogy. And <laughs> That's how you felt here. Like you're driving on these broken down ships and they're going mm-hmm. into a an anthill, basically, you know, and there's no right. possible way they're gonna come out of this thing alive. And they do mm-hmm. somehow, some way. And the way the Mando finds ways to beat the, you know, whether it's with rockets or his little gadgets or 
um, grappling hook or whatever he has and uses, it's, it's, it's always awesome. You know, it's always like a MacGyver way to get out of these situations. Yeah. <laughs> it's so right. fun. Right. And it comes down to skill, right? Like they're yes. like, he's a, his, his he's instinct. A, he's just a monster. Like you yeah. can't, he's really good at this stuff versus he's like James the, Bond in space with a man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. With some born to it, you know, he's, yeah. so, he's just so, I don't know. He's got that, the, the kind of, uh, there's a grit to it that I dig. And I, I think that's, that's always part of the fun of, of these movies. Cause you're totally right. Like the, you see the, the empire stuff, and it's all, you know, it's it's clean and and beautiful looking and terrifying and all this sort of stuff. And then it's like, here's the Millennium Falcon, and it looks like it's held together with duct tape. But but hey, we're 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 more skilled pilots, right? Like we have heart versus what <laughs> the Razor Crest is even do, so. more to that. And like you can literally see like flaps just like yeah, waving yeah. like that are held on by like one bolt, you know, <laughs> yeah. like as he's yeah, landing. It, I mean, and it's, it's just it's like, like the it's like, fire. Like, I mean, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's great, I, and I dig. The, I like too when they they give you like a little bit of the the mythos of the razor crest. Like I think it's that it's that second episode when the X wings pull up next to him and he, mm-hmm. he gives like, I mean, it's all like jargon that no one really cares about, but, but the a nerd like me is like, man, that's kind of cool. Like one well, of those uh, pilots is register um, because it's, <laughs> you know, I love that stuff. I think it's cool. Yeah. 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 Filoni yeah. was one of the pilots. Uh, it, something else about this episode and, and we will get through all these um, is they find out why, Baby Yoda is sought after by the Empire, mm-hmm. and it's of course because he's a Jedi. But here's here's another you know controversy. Again, we get on the Discord and our our Mandalorian spoilers channel and and talk about these episodes after. And there's there's controversy some weeks, some weeks everybody's <laughs> all in. This mm-hmm. one was, uh, you know, of course the line is the the child has has a higher M count. We're not going to find a better donor, you know. <laughs> An M count, of mm-hmm. course. Metachlorians, Brian. Metachlorians. Right, right. So, again, <laughs> this is something that we felt I tell like, you what, honestly, I didn't even catch that until later. And then I was like, oh, man. We're well, I caught it because I watched it with the subtitles on. it better. And it was clear as day. Smart. It was at M count. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. Um, mm-hmm. But I can see how somebody would, would miss that. But, you know, it felt like with the sequel trilogy that, they're returning the the force more back to this spiritual mm-hmm. element, <laughs> and sure. you know they obviously they they go back on this. But here's here's my thing with it. As much as we want to dislike the prequel trilogy, as much as we want to dislike, you know, maybe the Clone Wars or anything done post original trilogy, we can't take back again what I said at the outset. We can't take back what's already happened, right? All we can do mm-hmm. is try to improve on. M count and midichlorians yeah. were an essential part of the prequel trilogy. We can't mm-hmm. just act happened. like it didn't happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we might as well add substance to that um, mm-hmm. mythos in a substantial yeah. and effective way that, that in hindsight, mm-hmm. when you go back and watch those movies, makes more sense, doesn't feel weird, mm-hmm. and, you know... In 10 years, it'll all end up making more sense. I promise you. I promise you. You know, I trust me. The Rise of the Skywalker in 10 years will make more sense because the context they're going to give it with things like The Mandalorian and all these seasons of shows 
that, mm-hmm. you know, they've established that canon, right? So all they can do right. now is build on that canon that they've themselves established. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I see it both ways, but, um, you know, yeah, I, I think it, there's a world where both of those things can work yeah. together. Um, there's, there's part, there, there are reasons why the midichlorian thing was so frustrating and, and just felt like, wait, what, what are you doing? But I, I'm kind of with you now that it's in, unless you're going to, unless you're going to remake the, the prequels, um, you kind of are left with, this is part of the deal. So we've got to figure out a way to, to build on that. And I think those two things can, can work together. I don't know. I mean, I, not to, for sure, not to be like religious, but like, I, you know, there's a way that, that, uh, there's a way that, that the, the Christian worldview and evolution can work together. And we should, I, you know, at least in my opinion, we should embrace that. It's, I've always felt it's weird to, to be anti that if you're, so again, I'm not trying to be really, but do you know what I mean? Like you can, you, you can put both of those two things together. They can both work in, in concert with one another if they are done well. And I think they were super duper not, it was super not done well in the prequels, but now that it's part of the deal, okay, well let's, let's figure out how that, how that works. And so he was smart too to say, to, to, to call it the M count instead of the midichlorians count. Cause just saying that word, you know, like sets off, uh, alarms in your in your head, like hold on, hold on, wait a second, what are we doing here? So, like I said, I didn't even really catch it until later, and I saw people were were grumbling about it or whatever, and I was like, well, okay, it seems like they kind of folded that in quite nicely, but uh, anyway, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes from there. That is um, that is a good point that they didn't use the word man uh, midichlorians. <laughs> That would have, I think that's that would real have set smart. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, that was. that was. That's a way to do it without doing it. You know, <laughs> totally, totally with you there. All right. So that episode was so fun. Again, I love that speeder bike chase, and you end on a really fun note at the end of that, um, with the the Razor Crest kind of going off to mm-hmm. find Moff Gideon and find Ahsoka Tano. Fast forward. Next episode, directed by Dave Filoni, written by Dave Filoni of Clone mm-hmm. Wars fame. And it's fitting he did this. This is the Ahsoka Tano reveal episode. Loved the opening sequence with Ahsoka basically as the predator. <laughs> and they're in the dark forest. So cool, man. It was oh incredible. You know, you see those yeah. lightsabers, like her just <laughs> ninjaing through the through the forest, and you see her her ability just portrayed in live action so perfectly, you know? It's just everything you wanted that character to look like, to be, to to portray. It is, and I mean that's the perfect casting. I mean, it, it's kind of fanboy casting. I think she Rosario Dawson said she was getting tweets, you know, but when Mando season one started, of like who should play Ahsoka? It should be Rosario Dawson, and she like retweeted it and was like, "I'm in." And then, you know, as what you know, Disney listens to fans when it comes to things that work. <laughs> we figured out, and so yeah, I think that was. Dave Filoni said that that was his first choice, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see um, if the Ahsoka series is um, is all it, we expect it to be. But I thought this this episode, Brian, was everything I wanted it to be. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was a Rosario Dawson's a great casting choice. Um, the reveal on her was awesome. That was a 
maybe a perfect way to to bring a character back to the show or to to the universe. Um, and I, I I like I really like Ahsoka. I think they've done a great job over the years of sort of blending her into the canon at large and using her in Rebels. And now we're we're bringing her into the Mandalorian. And obviously she's going to have her own show in the next couple of years. And uh, I think that was a, a great choice. And I'm with you too. Like the, the intro with her as, as the, as you said, as the predator, just wrecking shop on all those guys was, a was pretty fantastic. And you know, you can overdo lightsabers. I think the prequels fell into that, uh, sort of the, the Iron Man suit bit that, that the MCU does every once in a while. It's just like, when there's 9,000 lightsabers on screen, it's it's a little less cool and less impactful than one lightsaber. But that's one thing that the the Disney movies, Disney Star Wars movies have done very well and now has extended to The Mandalorian is like kind of rediscovering how awesome it is when a lightsaber goes off, <laughs> you know, in a, in a scene when it's when it's the only one or when there's only two. You know, the lightsaber battles in in the sequels are so awesome. And so fun to watch and look at. Uh, and then you've got like Darth Vader and Rogue One and then Ahsoka here. And then obviously there's one at the end of, of this season. But uh, kind of rediscovering how cool a lightsaber can be and how, how, awesome, how, how, how awesome they look in battle. I think is one of the things that Disney's done. Yeah. One of the top things that Disney's done. But Yeah, like yes. taking the total practical approach to it almost where it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you feel the energy and you see the sparks flying off on the ones that are a little a little more janky like kylo ren you know mm-hmm, I, sure. I really i really do agree i think they've done they've done that extremely well uh with the sequel trilogy and, and otherwise uh this episode also we see or we meet morgan elsbeth aka diana lee inusanto granddaughter of bruce lee who plays mm. um, the Beskar seal, Beskar spear wielding Morgan Elsbeth in the show? Okay. Um, who says, "All right, Mando, you kill Ahsoka, I'll give you this spear." Mm-hmm. And then we have a sequence where Mando's hunting Ahsoka, which is awesome to see. Never thought we'd mm-hmm. we'd get that. So we, I like how we get moments of the Mando basically okay, like taking side gigs as a bounty hunter too. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, I'll, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm still a Mandalorian that can be hired for whatever reason, if needed, you know, mm-hmm. if it kind of aligns with my overall mission of the child. The, the creature of the week aspect of the show, honestly, is one of my favorite parts. Like yeah. I dig the, the overarching story and the way that they're, they're kind of weaving all of that together. I think it's great. And, um, I think as we, as this series goes on, there'll be more of that and less of the, the creature of the week parts of it, I, I would guess, just get just just based on how these shows usually, this kind of thing usually works, you know, w- whether it's the X Files focusing more and more on the you know the overall all conspiracy element of it, less on the hey we found a Bigfoot type stuff, or um, you know I mentioned Justified previously, that's how Justified did their thing, you know, the first season was very. Uh, villain of the week and and it just gradually moved towards one big overarching story so i assume that that's where mandalorian is headed but i don't i'm not complaining i i I don't know i think that was a common complaint for some people it's just like well you just have the mandalorian babysitting 
baby Yoda and then doing little jobs here and there. And I'm like, you're totally right. And I kind of love that stuff. I think it's really, I always like the X-Files episodes that were about some weird creature that you can't see until it's dark or whatever, way more than I did the, you know, the smoking man and the, the alien aspects of it and stuff. And so maybe that's a me thing, but gosh, I, I, I dig the, the MacGuffin-y aspects of like, hey, yeah, I'll give you the information, but in order for you to get it, you have to do this random job for me. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do all the random jobs. I like side quests, I guess. I'm with you. I'm with you. And again, it, they limit it to, does this serve the the overall mission of what Mando's trying to do, which is protect the child. And if it mm-hmm. does, then he's in. And, and so this episode is fun. We get that sequence and then... When they finally meet face to face, it's like, oh no, I'm looking for you. You're Ahsoka. I'm, I'm sent here by 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 Bo Katan. They have that they have that uh, bonding moment. She connects with Baby Yoda. Finds out his name is Grogu. Really cool <laughs> little campfire sequence there. I liked that. And then we get a battle between Ahsoka and Elspeth, where she has the best gar uh, spear and. Ahsoka has the lightsabers, and you really see the power of Beskar, too, here, mm-hmm. let alone mm-hmm. lightsabers, how strong Beskar is against two lightsabers, really a yeah. good match. Then ultimately— It really gives that the whole—the backstory, the background of the Mandalorians versus the Jedi and the conflict between them. It gives that—I I felt like that— that battle and there's a couple others again the the one in, in in the finale that sort of give a little more depth and life to that element of of the story like oh okay so like this is legit like the lightsaber versus beskar is a pretty legit deal that's pretty cool to see yeah exactly and one other thing here that was sort of a big reveal that wasn't talked about as much as i thought it would be is ahsoka confronts her uh, elsbeth and when she gets the spear and leaves mm-hmm. and, and demands to know where she can find Th- Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. You know, meaning Thrawn is going to be a part of, if not the Mandalorian, definitely the Ahsoka Tano mm-hmm. series, mm-hmm. which I, that's what I think they're going with it is. Sure. That's a, a perfect jumping off point for her to be going to try to find Thrawn. And that, mm-hmm. that'd be her, that story and, and accent, accented there. Uh, but yeah, man, that's cool. That's great. I love Thrawn. Very cool. Yeah, Thrawn's really interesting, and uh, I, I think he's one of the he's definitely one of, he's one of the better characters to come out of the non movies, whether it's Rebels or the I mean I know he started in a book series that's that's no longer canon and whatnot, but writing him back in was a genius play because he's he's very I think he can work in live action really well, like he he can be a very creepy. Who would um, be your ultimate Thrawn? Christoph Waltz, somebody like that. Yeah, Jason Isaacs, maybe something, mm-hmm. somebody in that that room. I can't remember who played him in, who did the voice for him in in, uh, in Rebels. But yeah, I I think you want somebody like that. That's just kind like, of a Shakespearean actor kind of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because he's like super menacing, but he's very typically he's very calm and um it, and in some ways like that cold. It, he's cold, and that coldness is more terrifying than you know rage how old is he i have an older guy you know who would be really good for him and it might he might be too young jude law yeah he could do that for sure no no question no question he could do that yeah 
Uh, all right. Let's move on a little bit. Uh, so the end of that episode, Ahsoka tells Mando, hey, take Grogu to this stone, set him on the stone, and he can connect with Jedi, and maybe somebody will answer the call for help, right? Mm-hmm. Or at mm-hmm. least point you in the right direction. So the next one is uh, essentially that. Mando taking Grogu to this stone on Tython. It's a sort of a Stonehenge-type situation. Um, sets Grogu on there, and then, oh, oh, here comes the Empire, right? Here comes the the uh, Dark Troopers, which are amazing, <laughs> incredible, mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> I love Stormtroopers. <laughs> I, lo- I love the Empire. Maybe the coolest Empire thing that's ever been ever been put out there and mm-hmm. i was i was so, so into that that shot where they're down on the planet and they look up and see the dark troopers like flying into the atmosphere <laughs> it was so cool yeah and then here comes boba fett to save the day here comes the slave one i'm like ah! i don't know man <laughs> i i love seeing the slave one fly around yeah. i never yeah. we never really got much of that in the original trilogy it's such a great mm-hmm. ship i have the original one like i bought the one in in the nineties, I still have it. Like the, the one where you put the action figure in, you know, that mm-hmm, has like rotating mm-hmm. seat and all that. Yeah. I love that ship so much. And I'm so glad we get to see it in action. Dude, when it flew in, uh, Coop lost his mind. He was like, Oh, yeah. Boba Fett, Boba Fett. And just is like going crazy. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Very cool. And, and to see him, cause we never really saw Boba Fett in action. You know, you, you, he, he doesn't do anything in Empire Strikes Back. He's pretty much just there looking cool. Um, and then in, in Return of the Jedi, he, he pretty much just flies from one one sail barge to the other and then gets knocked into the Sarlacc pit. You never really see him do anything. Obviously, we saw Jango in, in the prequels, but you've never seen Boba Fett in action. When he comes out of the ship in the armor... Yeah, when he like goes to steal the armor the back, stormtroopers, and, and you know what's about uh-huh, to go down. Yeah, yeah. when the ra- razor crest before the razor crest gets blown it, up, it was remarkable. I mean, I look, I I know, I especially for me, I'm I'm turning into that was awesome uh, guy this this week. But there's a lot of awesome stuff. <laughs> I'm just super impressed with the way they've done the action sequences, whether it's the you know the the dog fights in space or the the speeder bike type things that stuff and then just the the hand to hand the choreography of the the hand to hand combat and whatnot i think has been spectacular and really has been a action sequences for me can get boring and bogged down after a while you're just like okay cool i've seen all of this done before it's whatever um this this show for me at least I, i've been really really impressed with the way that they've They've maintained a very high level of of action that is also interesting and and central to the story. I think it was central to the story of this show. If you're going to bring back Boba Fett, yeah, maybe it's a little fan servicey, but you need to show it. You need to show that it was worth bringing him back. You but, need but to that, show that, that like that this dude. Boba rules. Fett didn't escape the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Hey, that's not what happened. He yeah, he, he died in Return of the Jedi. Had a Jedi. heart attack when he. <laughs> there is no Mandalorian. You know, what's funny is like the Boba Fett thing is maybe I think it has been a little bit played out over the years. Like again, given that you you almost never see him in action and he's just kind of a cool looking costume in the background for the most part. People just obsess over Boba Fett 
And there, there was a point, I think when they announced the, or the rumors of that Boba Fett Caesar out there, I was kind of like, I mean, I'll watch it because, yeah, oh my gosh, woo, dodged a bullet there. But like, I'm going to watch it because it's Star Wars and I think it'll be cool, but I'm not that invested in Boba Fett as compared to other people. But once they brought him back and you start to see him actually in working, again, I think they had to do that. I think they had to make him just a total baller because... Otherwise, it feels like, well, then what's the point of, of doing all this? But I, I love that sequence. I thought it was really cool just to see him really see what he is capable of. One of the s- small complaints I have with Boba Fett is he just randomly has, like, perfect armor <laughs> in this in the <laughs> show. Yeah, I would have preferred him to keep the beat-up armor. I thought that was cool. Cool look. Yeah, it could him up cool. too fast. Sure. No, no explanation. job on it. Yeah, I got you. I didn't mind it, but I, 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 I hear what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. We move on to uh, – oh, actually, that episode, what happens is the Dark Troopers take Grogu and they're like – And <gasps> blow up the Razor Crest. And man. they blow up the Razor Crest and you're like, all right, what's going to happen? And then they um, – <laughs> Coop was – I think uh, when that happened, he was more upset about, the, about Mando's rifle than he was about the Razor Crest. Like – he thinks that <laughs> rifle is the coolest thing in the world. Yes, yeah. that like disintegrates you when it shoots you and stuff. Yeah. Like, he was, he was like, "What happened to his gun?" <laughs> well, <laughs> probably gone, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> the next, uh, so the end of that episode transitions to the next one, and they say, "All right, you got to go find Miggs Mayfeld, aka Bill Burr, to uh, help get <laughs> who knew Grogu." <laughs> Who so knew yeah, that's what you do. Bill you call Burr Bill Burr and, and everything is going to be fine. You know, <laughs> so good. Um, so dude. he helps them. I essentially. I, by the way, does Cara Dune have the authority to just walk into any prison and take out any prisoner? <laughs> Probably like, not. But I'm going to allow it. Let's let's. Yeah. I I would not say no to, to Gina Carano if she if she showed up and said we got to have that. Okay, all right, sorry, fine. Just please don't don't hurt me. It's okay. While we're on the subject. I find that character so boring and so what I don't know. People are calling for like a Cara Dune spinoff series. I don't – Yeah, maybe she's in this new Rangers of the Republic show or whatever it is. But I, I, I find her so boring. I find Gina Carano not charismatic at all. <laughs> I think she is perfect for that role that she's playing right there, which is just – she's the enforcer. Uh, she – has i mean she's she's very very good at what she does she doesn't have i don't think she that character calls for a ton of charisma uh because i I think you're right i don't know that she she necessarily uh brings that to the table all that well but um i think she's great at at that i wouldn't just the way she delivers her lines it's like she's very wooden so somebody reading like i never Mm -hmm. believe anything she says on screen Mm -hmm. and i mean she's i understand what she brings to the table for this for sure yeah I like her as as one of the support characters, especially when you're surrounding her with uh, with Finnick and Boba Fett and and uh, and Grief and all these and and, and uh, Mayfield. Like I think all these people bring a little bit more to the table than Carano does on that side of things. But but I I kind of enjoy the role that she plays. But I I would not be super enthused about. A whole series about Cara Dune? I don't know. I'm not sure that that works. One of my favorite sequences in the season is in this next episode, The Believer, written and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. I don't want to mispronounce that. He uh, 
he did a great job with this one, but uh, my favorite sequence is the, the scene with Mando and and Mayfell just like in the vehicle, just driving mm-hmm. and talking, you know? It's it's great. Bill Burr fits so oddly well into Star Wars. <laughs> I know. Never would have thought that. The weirdest casting choice, but it's like, man, he brings something so great to this show, mm-hmm. an energy, uh, a humor, a realism that I never would have expected. Absolutely. Totally agree. I never would have thought, oh, I need, I need Bill Burr in Star Wars. That's <laughs> would have been one of the dumbest sentences you could say, uh, two years ago, but no, actually works really well. He's really good. And, the best and, was and him. That, like that when they, they pull the old classic Star Wars trope of let's dress like the Imperials to break in. Uh-huh. And he's like, God, <laughs> this guy reeked. <laughs> He's yeah, all sweaty. Yeah. He's all wet. Yeah, and he takes his helmet. Because <laughs> you know, like, they I'm never address like yeah. having to, to wear some dead guy's uh-huh. armor. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. You murdered somebody in this a minute ago. Like <laughs> So good. God, this guy reeked. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. And, yeah. and uh, you know, him like, all right, no, yeah, that's TK14945. Let me go get my TPS <laughs> reports. I'll see you later. <laughs> right. TPS reports killed yeah. me. I was... Real uh, an actual LOL from yeah, the, uh, it was greatness. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really fun <laughs> episode, and uh, yeah, essentially what happens is they um threaten and get back Grogu. You know, it's like he means more to me than he right. does to you. <laughs> right. I also think it was cool to introduce that concept of not all Imperials are zealots and 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 believe you know every part i I guess the i don't know if it was a redemption story for for bill burt for mayfield and bill burr's character but just the concept of like some of these people have been victimized just as much as as the people that the empire is is attacking and trying to you know to kill or enslave or whatever because of the way that all this plays out so i i don't know i i dug i thought it was a really interesting and sort of maybe deeper than I would have expected a little deeper concept with the, you know, the fact that they're sitting at a table with this person that he despises and he just can't keep it together anymore and ends up, you know, killing him and putting them all in, in jeopardy, but, and then blows up the whole thing up at the end. I, I don't know. I, I, I liked that there's a little deeper storylines going on within sort of the backdrop, the background of the, all these movies combined, like, okay, we're going to, we're going to delve into it a bit here in the Mandalorian and in the series and stuff. I thought that gave some, I don't know. I just, I I liked the depth of that character and the stories that they were able to get through that. Totally agree. Totally agree. And yeah, that, that pretty much wraps that episode. It's a, it's a fun little bottle episode there. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked the pirate sequence too, with, with him driving Mm -hmm. the truck and Mando having to fend off the pirates, trying to, yeah, trying to get the cool. explosives from them, the redonium from them. <laughs> and then here we go. The finale directed by Peyton Reed, written by John Favreau, the rescue. So now they're going to go actually rescue Grogu from the clutches of Moff Gideon. Ah, oh, gosh. John Garlow Esposito is awesome in this too. It's <laughs> a great what a great job well, they've done casting. Yeah, yeah, show. they really have. I mean, Pedro Pascal is all, and I know he's you see his face three times in the whole series, but his voice is is spectacular and uh whoever is in the suit cuz I'm I'm pretty sure it's not Pascal most of the time does a really good job with the physicality of that. Carl Weathers is great. Giancarlo Esposito is great. Um uh, that Nick Nolte I, I character mean, that 
that uh, yeah, yeah. randomly uh, mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the alien was fun too for right. that I mean, short time. Uh, yeah. Ming is great. I mean, it, uh, Ming Na Wen and, and uh, yeah, all, all of those, those cast. Quill, choices. his name was Quill. Yeah, there you go. Um, have been, have been really, not to mention like Taika and, you know, Jason Snakes and stuff like that. It's, it's, they have crushed it on, on the cast. Oh man, IG 11. Forgot about IG 11. I love IG 11. <laughs> that was so yeah. good. Yeah. That last episode of season one where IG just comes and <laughs> destroys Sudeikis and Nick Kroll. Right. <laughs> so good. All right. Um, yeah, this episode, yeah, they, they break onto the ship. Um, the dark troopers are summoned. They're locked in the the quarters of Moff Gideon, and the dark troopers are busting in through the door. And then Brian, <laughs> then Brian. Here we go. <laughs> then an X-wing arrives. Who could it be? But one. Ray Skywalker. No, uh, Luke <laughs> Skywalker arrives, destroying all the dark troopers easily, like butter, <laughs> like the battle droids from episode one. And then, um, yeah, the big reveal. Luke comes, finds Grogu. Come with me, Grogu. I will teach you the ways. I will complete your training. And then we get R2-D2, Luke, oh. and um, Mando. I think the most poignant and the best moment of the series so far from a storytelling standpoint, mm-hmm. Mando taking off his helmet in the presence of the Jedi. I yeah. loved that moment. That was Dude. so, without saying anything, just the perfect response to that moment for him, you know? So great. That whole sequence, I know you want to talk about the CGI and I, I we agree. Will. Uh, but the, as far as the, the sequence itself and the storytelling part of it and whatnot, Total goosebumps when the X-Wing shows up. Um, re- I mean, really cool moment with my kid because he... he, he He's just, jumping he up and down. That, <laughs> yeah, man. He has that gasp. When, yeah. cause it, it's fun watching this stuff with, with him because he is old enough to kind of to get some of the stuff and, and pick up on what's happening, obviously. But he's not so old that he is is like unimpressed by the stuff that they do still like it's kind of the perfect age um for for this kind of thing but yeah so you get the you see the x-wing comes in and he he had this like huge gasp and he goes dad what if it's luke (laughs) you know and you're just like yeah dude what if it's luke and he's just like oh my goodness and just getting so so pumped up and then you see I, you know, it was a really cool idea, especially given how bad the CGI was, to keep Luke's face hidden the whole time and just have him wrecking shop on all these droids and, again, showing off how cool a lightsaber is in battle. Um, just going through all these things, like you said, like butter, and then popping up on, on the bridge. Man, that was so cool. I had goosebumps. Then I was crying. Then... Then, uh, you know, the whole, like, well, he's asking permission to leave and then Mando taking off his helmet and having this little poignant moment with him. I mean, what a great closer to, and then, and then R2-D2 rolls in and if I wasn't already crying, well, now I sure am, because mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing is so cool and I love, yes, it's fan service. Yes, it's nostalgia. Yes, all these things. And also, I do not care. I thought it was done so well and I just, I was very impressed by the whole 
the whole sequence just like even my wife was crying and she doesn't give a rip about any of this stuff so um it was it was an awesome end to to the episode and then you know kind of a launching point i mean there's just so many ways that they can go in season three and whatnot so yeah dude what a what a great what a great piece of of uh of film that was and also i mean massive kudos to disney again for not spoiling everything for not letting anything get out on on luke same with boba fett uh the ahsoka stuff was out there but i think that was sort of planned to because they wanted to go ahead and get this this uh ahsoka series out there but i I just you know we give disney a ton of crap for being a soulless corporation and they totally are but i will say i greatly appreciate that they that in the interest of the viewer they did it with baby yoda and they did it again this season with with Boba Fett and then Luke, um, and t- maybe to a lesser extent, Bo-Katan and whatnot. Uh, but not that there wasn't Luke Skywalker merchandise on shelves in October or something, you know, like Luke Skywalker <laughs> from the Mandalorian or, or whatever, or beat up Boba Fett merchandise that was available <laughs> to us that they, they put dark the trooper merchandise. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. That they put the viewer experience over, uh, the money that probably could have been generated from that that kind of thing. So I, I was I was not expecting the Luke Skywalker thing whatsoever, um, and I was I was glad, I'm real glad that I get to have that experience without any without any expectation or spoiler uh, messing it up. Yeah, Brian, I've heard the toys that are marked with the child are going to be more valuable because from now on it's going to be Grogu mm, on sure. all the Baby Yoda merch. Mm-hmm. So. Something to look out for. Um, I'm with you, man. That's great how they kept it under wraps. You know, I'm I'm of the opinion. I, I think the Baby Yoda thing was fun. It's cute. Um, it's such a MacGuffin that <laughs> it probably had run its course. You you probably can't get a whole another season out of that and make it super compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, w- what more appropriate way to end that than for him to go be with Luke? Um, you know, maybe the only other appropriate thing would be to bring back Yoda, <laughs> actual, <laughs> right, actual Yoda right. and bring him to Dagobah and, <laughs> or something like yeah. that. Um, maybe that would have, that would have worked, but you know, such an, uh, somebody pointed this out on our, on our discord, I forgot who it was, but it's such a great point. It's such a great inverse of the rogue one sequence with Darth Vader, you know, <laughs> with yes. Luke to come mm-hmm. do that, basically that same move of. Mm-hmm. show up out of nowhere and uh you know they have that same shot where it's the smoke and the lightsaber yeah. only is revealed mm-hmm. um that's a great that's a great point pointed out by uh by our discord community but i i have mixed feelings about it because in a way it felt like a lord of the rings eagles flying in at the last moment <laughs> sure. yeah. no, <laughs> kind I of moment that. like mm-hmm. okay like bring in the invincible person, you know, like let's mm-hmm. just bring in Captain sure. Marvel and everything will be fine. Um, so it had that, it was a little bit fan servicey, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, when, the more I think about it, the more it made sense for the story. You know, that's where I felt kind of fell on Palpatine and the rise of Skywalker. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, maybe it is fan servicey. Maybe it is, it is easy to bring back characters, but at the same time, this is star Wars. What serves the, the story, the, best for this is bringing it all back around you know Mm -hmm. that's the Mm -hmm. way star wars is it's all about uh, rhymes it's like poetry you know these stanzas they rhyme (laughs) um and and i get that and that's that's what i have to expect and and accept 
Now, so I have no issue with bringing back Luke. Felt felt great, right? Felt triumphant. Great way to end the season. I've seen comments on our Discord that say that's the best season finale in the history of TV. And <laughs> I mean, I, I I I don't know. I've never had more people text me about a season finale. Right? That's for sure. <laughs> sure, you know, sure. or or Instagram me or whatever. Like, oh my god, what did you see that and all that? So, so yeah, that that's good. Here's what here's what my problem is. The way they did it. Um, I'm sick and tired of the fully 100% CG de-aged faces. I'm done with it. I don't want any more of it. I thought we were past it. I thought with Fran Moff Tarkin and Leia, they had learned their lesson with it. Um, I understand ILM. Okay, I understand that Star Wars is like their main thing. Like This is what we do. This is how we show who we are and that that's a technology that they want to perfect. And, but ILM is behind the technology of the Irishman. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't understand why they went the full CG route. Um, I don't understand why it wasn't a stunt guy. And it, it, I know it was, well, I wasn't a stunt guy for all the fight sequences, the doors open. And then there's actually Mark Hamill there with makeup or a different haircut or wig or whatever and some CG enhancements. And it's him standing there talking like a normal human being. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. Um, It would have been better, you know, and there, and and I I realized there are people that watched that and said, and didn't even know it was CG or, or wow, that looked incredible. Who did they get to play Luke? That looked just like him. You know, I, I can understand that too, but at the same time, Mark Hamill's still around. It's not like <laughs> Carrie Fisher was was gone when they did, uh, you know, and they tried to bring her back for Rise of Skywalker, and they had to look other ways. You know, there, he's still here. He can do this, and I'm sure they had to bring him in to do voicing. You know, for some mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, he's credited. Uh, yeah, so. so he was fully involved, and and I saw in our Discord too, like, well, maybe Mark didn't sign off on it. There's no chance Mark wouldn't no. have signed off on something that made him look like such a badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, no question. I'm no, with you. He wanted yeah. to, yes, of course he would do it. He would do anything with Luke. I promise mm-hmm. you, he would do anything with Luke. Um, in the, you know, within reason. Um, mm-hmm. that being right. said, I don't, I've tried, I don't, but, I don't, I don't you know, get so far it. Uh, and, and, you know, great insight from our, from VIP Thomas, uh, who works in VFX. Uh, it was talking to me in our discord. I wanted his opinion on this because, uh, you know, this is something that, he frustrated him as well. And uh, he said, you know, the thing about these are is it's all done in-house. So you see one revision and you're like, wow, that looks good. And you see the next revision. You're like, oh, that looks better. And you see the next revision. You're like, oh, that looks even better. Mm-hmm. And you're so in, involved in in the process of it looking better and better that you think it's good enough by the end. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you yeah. know? No, um, I agree. And, you know, like I said, cue the uh, fan-made deep fakes that are going to look mm-hmm. better. Cue the, um, you know, real Mark Hamill version that's going to eventually be on YouTube or whatever <laughs> that's going to look better. I know it is. Within, mm-hmm. It's probably already yeah. up there. Just look for it. But yeah, that confused me. Just the way they went about it with all the all the resources that they have. Why would they do something so big without making it 100% perfect? That's what I don't get. 
Yeah, I, I wonder if it was if it was just kind of ran out of time at the end of it because I also didn't think the dark troopers looked great in this this episode that last episode. Um, they looked kind of uh, yeah. The animation was kind of janky. It felt like they made them try to look. It, it'll make them try to feel more robot-y. But what I did like mm-hmm. about that is when they're punching Mando in the face and they can't dent the Beskar at all. That was a cool yeah. moment. Yeah, no, I, I thought when he was matched up with the one dark trooper, I thought that was yeah. a great sequence. And the, the, the spear is really cool and all this. When they were all marching out and then when they were facing off against Luke, I thought, I thought a lot of the, I thought a lot of the, the, the graphic did not look great. It, it looked, I honestly, it would have, if I was, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not John Favreau or, or Dave Filoni, and they're much better things than I am. I would have liked one line somewhere in there um, when they are plotting that that uh, siege of of the ship, and the 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 Doctor is talking about like this is the next evolution of stormtroopers and whatnot. I think they could have. It would have helped my own perception of the dark the dark uh, troopers if they would have just said. Some line about like how it's still a prototype, right? Like we're still not, it's not, it's not quite done, but it's already getting great, you know, or whatever. Like we're, it's the, the program's not quite there yet, but when it is, the the new Republic will not be able to stop the, the dark troop or something that would have given me a little bit of, uh, I don't know, just a, like a mental thing to say like, okay, well, the, I, maybe an excuse in my own brain to, to not be kind of like ugh, the and the graphic on this is not is not fantastic but but you're right the face the face thing that they do that they did with with Carrie Fisher and Grand Moff Tarkin that I I didn't complain about um I thought I thought it looked pretty good it definitely looked better than Robert Downey Jr in in whatever Avengers movie that is when young young Tony Stark is is in the that that's really creepy to me but the the Luke thing was way closer to that than it was to Carrie Fisher, uh, Tarkin, and whatnot in in Rogue One. I think. Yeah, and it's it getting a, better. It's getting better. A bit weird. I just don't. I don't know why they. they yeah. I I know why they did it, which is right, to say, right. look what we did. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But that's not the right call. Um. And yeah. it could have been better and should have given. I wonder the, if they'll the, if they'll update it over the next. It is Star Wars, so yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder if you watch this in six months. He like, looked it good. Great to like, me. I don't like. I don't he looked understand. fine. Like when he when he walked in and was looking around, he looked fine. Yes. But as soon as you start talking, yes, that lip movement is the a dead is giveaway. Mm-hmm. So yep. uncanny valley that you can't mm-hmm. unsee yep. it. No question. I, I agree with you. It didn't. It didn't. Obviously, I was bawling, so it doesn't really. It didn't impact my <laughs> I couldn't really appreciation see anyway. for the for the the moment. But I definitely was like, "This is weird. This is not." I, I would have liked a, I would have liked a little different level of CGI, like a D. You know, as much as 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 uh, I complained about the de aging in the Irishman, I think for a thirty second moment like that, I think I probably would have preferred <laughs> de aged Mark Hamill over weird creepy AI face or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we fast forward to a post credit sequence that we didn't really ever get with star Wars. So I maybe go to Marvel routes and start doing this. So this is cool. (laughs) Uh, We flash forward, I think a tad to Jabba's palace on Tatooine. 
my favorite locations ever. And um, we see a fat Bib Fortuna on Jabba's throne <laughs> who has taken over the throne of Jabba, become Jabba, just, just gluttonous sitting there. And then in comes Mando and um, I forgot her name. I'm sorry. Finnick. 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 Mm-hmm. Really cool moment there. And then, or actually it's Boba Fett, I should say, not Mando. Mandalorian right. Boba Fett comes in and um, he's like, Boba Fett, I thought, I thought you were dead. Kills Bib Fortuna and takes over the throne of uh, the crime syndicate, Bob Jabba's crime syndicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we think. So yep. that fast forwards to a title card of <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett coming next December. So I guess we're getting a Boba Fett Boom. series spinoff, The Mandalorian. That's a multiple Let's multiple spinoffs. We got the Ahsoka Tano series <laughs> announced. We've got uh-huh. um, the this one, and I think that Rangers of the New Republic might be some kind of a, a spinoff as well. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's a big announcement. Boba Fett series is happening. Um, here's my hope, Brian, that they give us the whole history of Boba, not just like, all right, here he is now, big fat old Boba who's pissed off, and let's follow him <laughs> around. I want to. I want to mm-hmm. rewind. Maybe see some old adventures of his. Some interactions with uh, Han Solo. Maybe bring back Alden Ehrenreich for a bit uh, as young Han would be fun. Maybe see Boba mm-hmm. actually break out of the Sarlacc. What that would be a great sequence too, or be rescued from it yeah. by Finnick would be great. I put money on that. For I sure. would love to see that. And yeah, maybe just a whole history lesson, like a narrated mm-hmm. by Boba, would be really cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be in for that. I'd be in. But we know because we know how it ends. We know how it ends is him taking over Java's crime syndicate. Like that's <laughs> right. the end, right? Well, I mean, I think I'd be in. I'd I'd be in for a sort of uh, a crime, bo- or a, a, a a mobster story, right? Mm-hmm. Like a like like he's the he's the head of the. I wanted a. I said this in the Discord. Yeah, I said this in the Discord. I wanted a. I wanted Java crime syndicate show mm-hmm. that shows yeah, how Java be cool. became. So powerful, and how Han mm. Han uh, screwed him over, and how he came to right. know Boba Fett and mm-hmm. and Bib Fortuna, mm-hmm. and all those. I would love that. That won't happen, but yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. No, you, that's it. I would imagine that after a bit, you get to a place with Jabba the way you you get to a place with like the Hulk in Avengers, where Hulk is way more interesting as the second or third or eighth character than he is as the first character. Cause it, it kind of get, I, I would bet that Jabba is that way too. After three episodes of, of staring at that slug thing, you're just kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm a little bit done with this. And it really puts a lot on what you can do, uh, CGI wise and whatnot to, to make that character interesting for, for an extended series would be, might be difficult but all the surrounding parts of that like the of the syndicate of his organization and whatnot i think that could be really cool so if they want to do that with with uh with boba fett then yeah like i'm all for it great (laughs) great work let's go sounds awesome i'm totally with you one thing i wanted to ask you about boba fett brian is you know there's some lines in the clone wars that make Mm -hmm. it seem like boba fett and jango weren't real mandalorians you know, like their stolen identity of, right. but but in this show they say that Django is like a founding 
member of Mandal- the Mandalorians. Uh, so I don't know. So, so I think I think what he said was that it was that the armor was a gift to his father from the Mandalorians. So I don't know if, and that's not an exact quote, but it was that was the gist of it. Um, I was rewatching these last night to to prep for this, and I think that that's basically what he said. So I don't know if that means he was at some point he was uh, a Mandalorian or or came from Mandalore, or if it was just like, hey, he did a a whatever like he was a bounty hunter and and brought in a big contract for for the for the Mandalorians and so they they gifted him the armor or maybe that's a lie maybe Jango killed a Mandalorian and took 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 his armor and and Boba just doesn't know or or whatever i i i'm not sure but i don't think that um i don't think that he I don't think Django and Boba Fett were. I know Boba Fett wasn't because he's he's a clone, but I don't think Django was an actual Mandalorian. I think he was just somehow affiliated with. Them. I guess we'll find out. Maybe they'll go more into that on on his uh, his background. You know what? I would love for them to bring back Cloud City at some point too. Oh yeah, Cloud City rules. So cool. how has that never been a location yeah. we've returned to for mm-hmm. all these years? Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right. I think maybe they'll they'll do that in the Lando series that they announced. Yeah, cool. yeah. uh, man, I, I said um, in the Discord, this is it might not be the best show of all time. I fully, you know, if you're not super into Star Wars, you probably don't really yeah. like this. But certainly, well, one of my two and favorite, a half men exists, so yeah. it can't be the <laughs> exactly. Best show of all time. Yeah, we live in a world where Bazinga is a thing. So. <laughs> um, the uh, in terms of me, it's one of my favorite shows to watch, man. It's so, yeah. so enjoyable, so fun, so rewatchable. I can't wait for next season, man. It makes me excited for where they're going to go in the future on Disney+. Plus. Certainly, from the uh, Investor Day standpoint, they are hedging their bets on Disney+. Plus in these mm-hmm. series, these kinds of series, as the future of Star Wars uh, world building, and I love that. Um, makes it accessible to, to most people if you have a Disney+, Plus subscription, mm-hmm. and, and that's great. But you know, speaking of Investor Day, here's a day where they're saying, "Please give us your money. Look what's coming." And they didn't <laughs> announce the Boba Fett show. Like they, mm-hmm. that, that's how much Disney is like so confident in their game. Like they don't even have to announce everything <laughs> right. that they have right. to, to get yeah. people to buy in. Yeah. Turns cool. out they got a lot of stuff. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff. It's, yeah, that's what I was like. Surely they're not going to announce something that wasn't announced last week, and they did. Uh-huh. Well, I was confused. I'll be honest. Like I watched it and then I was texting a buddy. Like, is it a book? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was like, I just caught up and he was like, he said, he's like, so is that a new, is it a new series or what? And I had the same thought, Ken. I was like, well, I mean, they just did this big investor day thing. So I don't know. It hadn't quite all like worked its way out for me. And so I was like, well, I kind of think it means that next season of Mandalorian is going to be Boba Fett centric. Like, Mando versus Boba Fett or something, something in that realm. And then, and then this morning when I was getting ready for the episode, I was like, Oh no, no, I'm an idiot. Like it's all, that's just, that's the Boba Fett series that had been rumored for a while. And they just, they just decided not to announce it because again, they have 9 million properties. They're all exciting. And so they don't have to. (laughs) So it's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. uh, One big takeaway for me, just to wrap this up and look ahead I expect them to bring back a lot more characters. I think that went over well. I'm already mm-hmm. predicting a Mace Windu 
reemergence in the Obi-Wan series. I think that makes sense to bring him back with Hayden Christensen and, and Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Mace Windu brought back because Samuel L. Jackson's such a great actor and he was giving literally nothing to work with and it was so wooden mm-hmm. in those yeah. in those prequel movies <laughs> yeah. that I would like to see that character uh-huh. given an appropriate uh exit maybe. And then sure. um yeah, I, I fully expect like Darth Maul to show up again. They they tease that that the end of Solo that never mm-hmm. nothing ever yeah. happened with that, but I I fully expect that to be a thing again too. So mm-hmm. yeah, my whole thing is just I'm fine with all those with all these things, and I think they're good. Uh, and like I said, kind of the outset, I think they're important, especially for more casual fans of of the of the movies and viewers of the show. I just want to make sure you do them well, right? Like yeah. you don't just want to. To me, all of these worked. Every one that they've done so far, I thought it worked really well within the story. It made sense for Ahsoka to be brought back. It made sense for Luke, the most powerful Jedi remaining in the galaxy, to hear Grogu's call or whatever from Stonehenge. It makes sense for uh, Bo-Katan to be part of a Mandalorian show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think all that stuff has been great. We just got to make sure we maintain that and not not get to a place where it's just like you know okay here and now here's Chewbacca and now here's uh Lando and now here's uh, Lobot from Cloud City you know or or whatever i i think it's it's important to anytime we're going to bring those back we need to we need to make sure that it it fits the storyline well that it that it makes sense even in a MacGuffin-y kind of way or else we will it will be diminishing returns more and more. One request I have for season three, I would love to see a, like a droid sidekick or something. Sure. You know? He like, hates droids, gro- though. So I know he does, but do like I miss that. that. Yeah. I miss I miss the mm-hmm. droids in the series. I miss like having a Chewbacca around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. we'll see. They gotta they gotta pair him up with somebody. He can't just be driving right. around by himself. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I would like to see that in season uh, season three. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I can't wait, man. A whole freaking year we got to wait, which is a stink. You know, I'm really bummed about that. But uh, yeah, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. They've done a, they've just done a fantastic job. Because I'm with you. Like, there are definitely shows that are better than this. Um, probably on the air right now. I don't I don't know, but there. Are, if we redid our like top ten TV shows right now, I would. Uh, for sure this finds a place i love this i love this this whole bit every single week i think it is such a fun environment to be in and mandalorian himself has just din darjean or whatever his name is. like it's he's really fun to, to 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 work with every week there's just a lot that a lot more that can be done maybe than even i expected given you know mask and costume and all that sort of stuff it's it's been fantastic i i I genuinely can't wait to see what they're gonna do every single episode i'm with you man i i'll grade this season out as an a man or a plus it's right up there really enjoyed it some of the funnest action i can't wait to rewatch it again and we'll dig into season three we'll we'll maybe be back next year with a a wrap-up of that but We want to tease our VIP because we got a lot more of these types of episodes coming into our VIP and main feed in 2021. We're already planning that. It's going to be fun. Hope you'll join us. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Follow us on Twitter at Madaboutmovies and all the social medias as well. Stick with us. If you like The Mandalorian, let us know what you thought of it. Send us a message or shoot us an email as well. You can find Brian on social media at Beagle12. I'm Kent Garrison. 
on social. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you like Star Wars. We hope you like The Mandalorian. And uh, may the Force be with you. This is the way. Thank you.